0: chapter 12 of a candle for our lady by regina victoria hunt this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by maria Therese. chapter 12 Jem awakened in a great four-poster bed in the manor house his head swathed in bandages his body limp and aching through the parted blue damask curtains he saw joan behind her now approaching was isabel she held a cup of clear liquid in her hand He's awake, Joan. Thanks be. You've come to yourself. And she held the cup to Jim's lips. Drink this. Wah, what is it? Jim was a mite suspicious, remembering Grandmother Reynolds' occasional bitter tasting potions. Aconite. I rooted myself from the white and purple monkshood in our garden. Twill allay fever. He downed it in a gulp, surprised by its blandness. Then I. Aye, but you're fortunate to have no more than fever, after such a bash on the head. And indeed you deserved worse, Joan cut in, for your hot head interference. Much trouble all this has been to good Sir William. Isabel saw the darkening in Jim's eyes. Now, Joan, don't be distressing the lad the moment he opens his eyes. Sir William knows you only meant to help him. But I didn't help. Jim set his lips hard to hide their trembling and when his sister left the room, he confided, "'Jone's right, of course. "'I've only brought more trouble on her benefactor.' "'What's this I hear of trouble?' Sir William demanded, coming in through the open door. "'Well, well, young man, I see you're mending. "'Glad I am for that.' He strode over to the bed and took one of Jem's hands in his own strong grip. "'Twas quite a blow you got, but as the leech says, the young men, easily. "'Had not that missile found you as a target, it would have got me.' "'and my older head might have proved a deal more brittle.' "'A surge of joy rushed up in Jim. "'You mean?' "'He struggled to raise himself. "'I really took that blow for you, sir.' "'He fell back gasping, partly from weakness, "'but partly from happy pride. "'The knight nodded. "'Therefore my anxiety for you, son. "'But it's all right. "'Between the ministrations of the leech and of this little lass.' "'He put an arm around Isabel's slim shoulders.' You're going to be sound as a good apple. Isabel blushed like a wild rose at the knight's compliment. Shouldn't we give the chief credit to our lady of Walsingham? Indeed. You see, Jem, how she takes care of her defenders. I believe it, sir, and I would go now to the chapel to thank her. Nay, nay, not yet, but we'll take her our thanks and yours. Sir William forced Jem gently back, and then led Isabel from the sun-dabbled chamber. Within a few days Jim was able to leave his bed for short periods. In Sir William's garden, glowing with pale yellow primroses, fragrant with pinks, lilacs, and daffodils, he saw the night talking with Mr. Thomas Sidney. That the visitor was in no conciliatory mood was evident by his hard-set, down-drooping mouth. "'Am I to understand, Sir William, that you refuse damages to my property committed by your people?' "'No, Mr. Sidney. A reasonable settlement I'm ready to make.' "'But what you ask, sir, is exorbitant. "'Moreover, the damage was not one-sided. Three of my tenants and a lad who is my guest "'were seriously injured. "'It's not common for aggressors in a quarrel "'to claim damages. "'Well, that's my final word, Sir William, "'or I take the matter to the authorities.' "'Sydney turned abruptly, "'and Jim, watching by the hedge, "'thought a scarlet-lined cloak whipped out in the wind "'like the wings of some huge bird of prey. "'At the gate Mr. Sidney turned.' Remember, Sir William, I have some influence with those who are no friends to superstition and popery. Sir William was silent, but his gaze turned on Jim, who was shaking with anger. That, that vile man. Like all his kind, Jim, full of brag and blow. Doubtless the Lord Cromwell likes the breed around him. His own importance is so new, he must needs create a legion of upstarts to bolster his unsubstantial greatness. But he could denounce you to the king's council. He could, yet tis most unlikely. Not for many a year have I meddled in politics. My loyalty to the crown is unassailable. More than that, my father fought for Harry Tudor's father, ay, and supported the Welshman when he wrested the crown from the last Plantagenet on Bosworth Field. Nay, lad, a Waltham need neither fear nor favour such as Jean Parvenu. The keen blue eyes rested kindly on Dim's pallid face. Come, if you're able, and we'll have a look at the stables. The black I rode that day. Is he all right, sir? We'll ask the groom. And when they reached the great limestone stables, Sir William bade the groom bring out the black gelding from his stall. Jem's eyes glowed when he saw the beautiful young animal, coat glistening like polished ebony, neck arched and slender limbs lifted as if he walked on clouds rather than solid turf. Jem's fingers caressed the silky mane, perfect isn't he and he's yours sir william smiled at the swift passage from incredulity to joy that swept the boy's face with my compliments a souvenir of our battle of walsingham mine jim shouted his surprise a horse of my own i've often dreamed of it but never of such a one as this he choked and hid his face for a moment against the shiny coat to conceal the sudden tears with the acquisition of Roland, as he was named, Jim improved so quickly that within another week he and Joan were preparing for the return to Bedford. "'Won't Cousin Will be surprised when he sees us coming, mounted on Roland?' said Jim, eyes shining with pride, as he and Joan rounded the stables after a morning's canter through the park. "'I hate to leave Waltham Manor, Sir William and Isabel,' said Joan. "'Yet twill be good to see the farm again, and Cousin Will, Father Lethal, and shag. For the moment Jim was back at their own little holding, nestled in a pocket of the midlands, watered by the willow-fringed ree. Already the fields were spangled with buttercups and cowslips. In another month they would be blanketed with gold. And suddenly he knew it was the land he loved best in the world, and always would. Red, brown, and sandy, hard to cultivate, but his own and his father's before him, the stone spire of Eyeworth Parish Church, seen through a screen of elms, the sound of the angelus pealing with silver echoes and ripples over the low countryside. A sharp clop-clop of hoofs on the gravel of the courtyard brought him up with a start. A party of men dismounted and stirred up the steps. "'Sir William's having important guests,' said Joan. "'Important, I said Jim, noticing the embroidered arms and crests of the mounted men in the courtyard. "'What could it mean? Three gold leopards on a scarlet field surmounted by the crown.' Then sir william appeared on the steps this gentleman he told jim and joan brings me a citation before the privy council nay nay tis no matter for alarm but i go now for london i'll be happy if you will remain here till my return be of good cheer and he lowered his voice a little commend me to our lady in stunned silence they watched sir william leave mounted on his own dapple-gray stallion, his figure stately under the fur-collared cloak, but flanked and followed by the armed servants of the crown. As they moved forward down the oak-lined path, Isabel came tripping around the path from the garden. She stopped in her tracks. What is it? Jim turned to answer her, his eyes somber, a catch in his voice. Sir William, he's a prisoner of the crown. End of chapter 12